be yourself. Don't think too much yeah. about it. Have fun with the prompts. That's like the best part of the app, I think. Have fun with the prompts. I know a lot of people tend to click on a photo without looking at the prompts, but you know, some guys who are real gems actually read. So just in case, you know, <laughs> you shouldn't have the prompts. Hey there, gals. Hey there, gals. And welcome back to another episode of The Gals Guide. We are a dating and lifestyle podcast. I'm Hannah. And I'm Emily. Happy Monday. Welcome back for another episode. So you finally got to go to <laughs> the motherland. Eras, Eras. <laughs> you finally got to see the Eras tour. Oh I, my gosh. I, we, everybody knows like what my thoughts were on it. I want to hear what your thoughts on it and then we'll... We'll dissect from there. We'll go from there. Phenomenal, amazing, never been done before. I don't want to <laughs> see Lady a concert. I literally don't want to see a concert any other way. I think that experience was obviously I want to be in person at this tour. If she decides to do another leg in the US and wants to come to the Panther Stadium in Charlotte, that'd be great. Um, but I think even the people that went, like, it was so new. I mean, that you just saw everything, like, the mm-hmm. facial expressions, the emotions, the little, mm-hmm. like, side conversations. I just, I don't know. It was magical. The snake around the stage. and I mean, reputation. obviously, that didn't happen in real life. <laughs> I know. But I, was, but I was just like, oh, my gosh. And all I, kept, all I kept thinking about, and I guess this is just from, like, being a performer myself – was how freaking amazing it was probably for Taylor to like sit and be able to watch it and like mm, see mm-hmm. what it looked like from that mm-hmm. perspective instead of being just like on the stage and and seeing it from like the stage perspective. And so mm-hmm. I just think that that was probably so cool for her. Um, and yeah, I just think she just wins the award of like the best because she knows how many people like weren't able to go. And even for the people that did go and were, like, way up in the nosebleeds, like, it was just so – It I just felt – it felt so personable, um, and it felt, like, so intimate. And I think that mm. that is the part that I really liked about it. Obviously, it was so much fun uh, seeing all the songs and the costumes and mm-hmm. her chip nail. Um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, trust me, I, saw, I... I literally saw I saw it on the mic, and I was like, I wonder if that happened when she was playing guitar, or if they just like missed that one. So <laughs> no, it's there. because it's two different nights that are being compiled together, and so oh. I, I, I could. That's ta- what people were saying about her hair. Like you could, yes, tell I could it always was, like, tell. A little bit like wavier, and then it was straight. Or yeah, but I would say I will say minus those two things, like it was pretty seamless about like what I didn't. I don't yeah, know. especially because they took some stuff out. Yeah, if you took out her hair, like. I don't know what night they filmed what part. Um, I'm sure yeah. if I watched it a million times, I could figure it out. But yeah, and um, they, especially because I was interested to see since they took out, they shortened the transitions in between the eras um, because yeah. there's a lot of stuff in the interludes. That they cut out some songs for one. And then uh, like between, is it 
Speak Now and Folklore. I think those are the two. Ba- I think they're back to back. I honestly cannot remember. I can't the order. remember the order. But uh, there's a spoken word. Like she does a spoken word version of Seven. And that part, they took that part out and everything. Mm. Um, they're, they shortened this part where she dives underneath the stage. It's a lot longer. They made it look so much quicker. And then, Oh, yeah. I'm uh, sure. It was, so, <laughs> it was so funny because, like, everyone in the, stu- in the theater was like, how is she changing so fast? And I was like, y'all, she, that's not how quick that transition no. was. Like, are, no. do you really think that it was, like, three seconds? like come on but i loved seeing the dive oh yeah yeah the red transition when the girl when one of the backup dancers brings out that box and it's like opens it and like the red balloons that's a whole like long thing where like in the actual show she like keeps opening the box and like different songs from red are playing at like each time like it's Mm. it's like a whole thing so like that's why i'm like saying like a lot of people were like oh my god this is she's changing so quickly i'm like the in real life the transitions were much longer that's why it was almost three and a half hours (laughs) so and then Mm -hmm. she cut it down for the film to be like two hours and 45 minutes so she definitely made a lot of cuts and stuff but uh no it was still interesting i was just curious what you thought of like the introduction like the opening number because i mean even seeing it like live still and i think everybody universally has had the same thoughts of even when every time they see the opening it's just something about it something about like the chord progression or just the build-up or something it's just like so like emotional um so i was always just curious what you saw thought of like when she comes out on the stage oh yeah literally i turned to ashton i was like i'm gonna cry <laughs> she was like why am i so emotional and it's like i don't know as taylor like she just makes you feel that way it was really cool to see the men with the wings up close because i feel like someone should on do that, that for their stage... halloween costume oh yes one thousand percent i think my favorite outfit of hers was reputation i hate that one. i didn't realize until the movie that those really because it's the only one that doesn't have any variations to it. All the other eras have different styles. Oh. Reputation is the only one where she's worn the same outfit every single night. I'm like, girly pop, can we get like different variations or something? Like switch it up a little bit. That's all. Mm. Every other era gets a different outfit every other night. Yeah. I, I love that one. I think it's iconic. And I didn't realize until the film that it was Snake's on like the red part was snakes i don't know why i just like couldn't see that from the tiktok videos but i think it was just like the clearer picture and then i will say i think my favorite performance was tolerate it that was phenomenal Mm -hmm. i love i love that song anyways but like seeing seeing it like played out like that was just really really awesome it was cool Um, to see it um on the screen like that because especially um that's the only part where we come out like as the camera because i'm that's what i'm saying when i say we um comes out from behind the stage and we get to see the audience because we're following her Mm. dancer who comes out and sits down at the table um for that part Mm um yeah uh it's great my favorite is the transition between don't blame me and um look what you made me do um just oh, the whole yeah. don't blame the me. The whole so reputation big. set. All of reputation. I it's so funny because I wish I had gone to that tour. I don't know what I was thinking. Just yeah, like, why didn't, didn't we even, go? It didn't even phase me. I, I don't think know. Super poor. I went to all we of her other ones and I'm like, 
Uh, we were definitely poor. We were in college. Um, yeah. And I will be the first to admit probably that when Reputation came out, I really wasn't as into it. Fake I think fan. I wasn't. I literally put in my fake, caption. I was fake. I fake, know. I know. I just. <laughs> I just don't think. Fuck off. I just don't <laughs> think that I was ready for it at the time. Seriously. <laughs> like I just wasn't ready for it. And now it's like one of the ones. Well, I need her version because I'm. I like haven't been playing it as much because I don't. I don't want to support the other version right now. So, but she so even annoying. asked at the start of the album, "Are you ready for it?" And you're telling me you weren't ready for it. I wasn't ready for it. Mm. I mm. wasn't. Mm. I wasn't. Mm. It's my favorite, and it like has I used to not like one. look what I used to. I used to not like look what you made me do, but now I love it. So I don't know. I think I just. I think I just changed my tune on that album totally. I just it has a lot of my favorite songs on it, which is funny. I just laugh at look what you made me do sometimes because I'm like, what did you do? (laughs) What did you do? (laughs) 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 And it's so funny. So we so we have a Emily and I have a mutual friend William Henson, and he has the song (laughs) out right now, and the lyrics are. Um, she doesn't like Taylor Swift. It's not the music. It's just too much commitment. But she still thinks Kanye's a dick. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> and I'm like, that's some good lyrics. The, that is. Well, I disagree great. about the commitment thing. <laughs> I, I can like, understand that's such though. A good, that's such I can a good, understand um, though. Um, I mean, yes. Especially- it, I I feel like I feel like with Swifties, like if you don't know everything, then like there's some like. I don't know, like snobbery around it. I will also be the first person to um, send hate to Swifties as well, because there are some toxic fans in the Taylor Swift fan culture that I cannot stand. And one of them being the girls who were having like a seance in the front of their fucking theater at the Eras tour, like bitch, sit the fuck down in your seat. This is an AMC. (laughs) Thankfully mine was like super calm and like no one was like that, but I was like, we come to this place for heartbreak, not for witchcraft. Like, please stop looking like we're in a cult. You're making us look like we are in a cult. It's not helping the brand. Please stop. (laughs) The video that got me was the circle seance thing, but also the girls that were like pretending to bow with them. I was like, this is not your show. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Why are you bowing? You didn't do anything. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you sang along. <laughs> Good job. Good job. And I think one of my friends oh my wanted to go to the movie, but they were afraid because of like how the crowds were and everything like and stuff. And I was like, well, my audience like was super calm. And I was like, we, I, we don't, we don't condone that behavior oh, like, yeah. and everything. And my friend was like, I'm so shocked. I thought you would be like, all, like, I thought you would hate me for like, like not liking the people who were being insane at theaters. I was like, First and foremost, I am a filmmaker and a movie goer. I am second a Swiftie. Like, no, no, no. We are going to respect other people's enjoyment of this film and not ruin it for everybody else who might be sensory overloaded by this. Well, yeah. And like, it's not. I know she said treat it like a concert. And like, we sat and sang in our seats, but we yeah. didn't stand up and we weren't loud by any means. We were just like singing along. But at the same time, like, there was so much to like see and look at like people standing up would have totally like kept me from seeing things Mm -hmm. and details and Mm -hmm. I I won't would not have liked that 
Um, I would recommend like, if you haven't seen it yet and you want to go see it, that you would go and see it uh, in a Dolby theater because if you have access to that, because the sound quality is like 10 times of what a normal theater is because they have like extra Dolby Atmos speakers in it and the picture's bigger and everything. Um, and it just like the bass, especially during ready for it was like insane. So um, if you have access to go see that, um, I definitely recommend it's like $5 more than a normal ticket is for um the eras movie so that's what i saw and like apparently that like i had other friends apparently that were also in the same screening as i was and they were like screaming the lyrics a couple like rows behind us and i I did not hear them at all Hmm. yeah yeah that sounds really fun i really hope that eventually it's somewhere where it can be like watched at my house i want to have that on as background noise (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> maybe, maybe, but it probably won't be until like after like the um, actors' strike ends because there's oh, first yeah. and foremost no, a union I mean. girl at some point. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's why she didn't go with any of the streaming platforms. I mean, this may have been her this like what she wanted to do all along, but it would have it would not have been good for her to do that. So, so is that your captivation for this week then? Oh yeah, definitely. What's uh-huh. your captivation though? Mine is, have you heard Troye Sivan's new song, um, One of the Girls? No, but I just saw, like, the picture of the cover art today. Okay, well, first, you need to go watch the music video, because if if anybody hasn't, like, want to go watch it, because first of all, you have Ross Lynch in it, whose just only job is to sit there and be hot, which we love. Um, And then troy savan does drag and i swear to god like he is like the most beautiful woman i have ever seen like his he literally was giving pop girly realness like he was like let me show you girls let me show the pop girls what they should be doing how they should be doing these music videos because you guys are not giving what you should be giving and i'm just gonna step up and do it for you Hmm. and i fully support that and i loved it and he looks hot but yeah that's that that is that has to be mine probably cool i need to check it out i love choice fun yeah i'm so happy he's coming out with new music again i love his um loved a lot so many of his other albums and so i'm really excited to have a brand new one he's been doing like a lot of like really good uh dance music lately so it'll be really cool to see what else he has coming out soon so we have a really cool episode today with uh someone you have probably seen on your tiktok for you page her name is carrie burke we're so excited to sit down and talk with her about her new memoir and her dating life but before we get into all of that if you are listening on apple spotify wherever you listen to podcasts make sure you guys hit subscribe and follow us it really does help us out when you leave us reviews as well too it means the world to us as well and you can get more content on our instagram at the gals guide pod and on our tiktok at the gals guide and we're going to do a couple ad reads really quickly and then we're going to jump into today's episode say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill All 
Alrighty, gals. So today we are joined by the lovely TikTok star, journalist, and author of My Real Life Rom-Com. Everyone, please welcome Carrie Burke. Hello. Hi. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. We're so excited. Thank you, guys. I'm excited. You are like one of the most like adorable TikTok personalities that I think that I've seen in like quite a while. And I think that you've done a really great job at like cultivating your um your audience and you've made it like really personable for a lot of people who watch um, your content and you've recently came out with a book which is like super super exciting and we're so excited to talk to you about that because you you're still like in your early 20s correct I'm 20 yeah so like to go ahead and like have like a book like that like already at your age (laughs) is like so amazing and like so cool and I think that you know it's just really personable for you to just be able to um, tell a lot of your stories that you've um, dove into in your book. And we're going to get into those today. But um, before we get into anything, I would really just want to know, is there like anything you're just currently obsessed with right now, whether it's like a product or like a show or music? Is there something that you're just like currently captivated by that the gals could go out and find themselves? Yes. Okay, first thing that came to mind, I've been binging The Golden Bachelor, and I think it's the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life. I was literally just watching it before this call. Like, I don't know whether to, to laugh or to cry at it. Like, it's just like, such a roller coaster of emotions, but it is so, so good. Like, I'm pleasantly surprised by how much I like it. It oh. is so cute. Hannah, have you seen I it? I haven't seen So I we know my my uh experience with the bachelor franchise i like never watched it and then i had to watch it for the podcast for content and then i got suckered into it and then i have stepped away but i have seen like commercials for this and i'm very intrigued so what is like what is the difference he's older correct he's older all of the contestants are older but it's so sweet. Like, they bond over their hearing aids. Oh, they, well, I would like, love this. I, <laughs> I love old people. No, it's, like, so sweet. It's, like, their last chance. They mark it as their last chance for love. Oh. And it's just so darling. All the ladies are, like, beautiful, too. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. They're stunning. I saw some pictures, and I was like, and they're people, like, not the age they reported. There's no way. I've seen like memes online like there's no way this 70 year old woman is 70 like she has to be at least like 60 that but or she has know, had so amazing fun. work done <laughs> or amazing yeah, skincare like, all, like active like maybe we're all we're just set skincare. up like we're all gonna look better <laughs> half of them are like you, you see like little uh career description half of them are like a dancer or a, a pickleball oh. coach or, all of them are active so maybe like, that's coach. the secret. I love it. Trust me, I pitched I pitched the idea to my grandmother that she should go on it. <laughs> and I I'm still hoping that maybe they get a season two and that she can do that. Because I would also like to see yeah. a golden bachelorette. I think yes. that would be interesting. Yeah. I so there's no way they're not gonna do that. Yeah. I think yeah, that too. would be so adorable just to see, like, all these, like, old men just, like, trying to, like, pull out all the stops and impress this, like, older woman. I just think that would be the most adorable yeah. thing that they could do. Look, with the way the show is going right now and the success of it, I feel like they're definitely going to have a second season. Hopefully Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Okay, I may have to start watching this. <laughs> <laughs> I'll add yeah. it to my list. <laughs> Well, added to the list of millions of 
shows out right now. I know. Well, speaking of uh, romp, like love lives and like dating and everything, you your book, like we said in the intro, is called My Real Life Rom-Com. Can you just go ahead and tell like the gals like a little bit about it and what made you want to write like this book? Sure. So this is my real life rom-com. It's what I call a memoir manifesto. So it's not necessarily a dating guide telling people how to date or who they should date, but it's really telling my experiences and letting people take what they will from it. So I came up with the idea during quarantine when I was kind of afraid of losing all of my memories, especially those related to love and the lessons that I learned from it. So I started writing down basically everything I could remember, and it started off as a series of essays, each one about a different guy, and I sent them to my friend, and my friend said to me, like, this is so much more than just an essay. Like, you can put these together and turn it into a book. So something that started as self-therapy for me, something to help me find closure with past relationships and really you know, make sense of my memories turned into this greater mission because I realized there was a gap in the market for this book. There aren't many books about dating written by teenagers for teenagers. Mm -hmm. Most of them are written by experts or people who are a little bit older, which is great. But I feel like as a teenager, I'm able to level with another teenager a little bit more and be able to understand and relate to them. Absolutely. Yeah. I think because it definitely, when I first, when we first heard about it, I was like, oh my God, this is like Carrie Bradshaw, but when like she was like yes. in her like yes. much younger. And I think you're so right. Like there is not like anything like this that's for like such a younger generation. Like it is more like mm-hmm. usually people who are in like their late 30s or 40s, like reflecting back like right. on their um their 20s and such. And so I think it's really great that you're able to like have that personal connection and and not feel like, oh, like this is someone who's way, way, way older than me. Like they, they're not going to be able to like, they have these memories, but they can't relate to how I'm currently feeling. Whereas because of your age, you're able to do that. So I think that that is really, really cool. And I think that's one reason why we kind of also started this podcast, which like it was very, very Mm -hmm. similar where we were like, I was talking all about like all the different guys that I was dating and all the awful breakups and like terrible first dates that I was going on. So I think that was one reason why we were able, you and I were able to like connect really well. And I think I, I personally just, I feel like social media has really changed dating. Have you like found that at least, at least like where you're at in your dating, like have you found that social media has made like such a huge impact on dating um, like for the younger generation? Absolutely. I have a whole chapter in my book about dating apps called the dating app disasters. I feel like we're living in a digital age. And the reality is a lot of people do meet each other online these days. And Mm -hmm. it's exciting because you have such a range of people that you can find online. It's also scary. You might find some creepers online (laughs) as we well know catfishing is a thing. Yeah. So I think, yeah, definitely you see people on dating apps a lot more than they used to be a lot of different new dating apps emerging a lot of people communicating over social media now I think the pandemic boosted this trend because we were all at home and kind of forced to communicate over text there were a lot of FaceTime dates at least for me during the pandemic yeah (laughs) so I think I reached a point where 
you know, I thought for a long time, I just wanted to like meet someone like in Central Park and just like stumble into their arms or something. But we are in a digital age and people meet each other online these days. And that's okay. I think the more we embrace that, the more we learn and we learn what to look out for on dating apps. That's what my book Mm -hmm. is for. But you learn, you really learn through experience. Mm -hmm. How has it been like, so whenever I am on a dating app, I am like also like the worst person at dating apps because I don't ever want to make like the first move. I don't ever want to be the one that like, especially if I go like Bumble, I'm like doing the bare minimum because I have to make the first move and I have to talk to them first. So I'll just be like, their name's Matt. I'll just like literally just say their name, Matt. And so that they have to do more of the work. But have you found that like dating apps have kind of just like even that playing field for like a lot of women? In terms of what? In terms of like who slides in first? Yeah. Like who is making like the first move and everything? I mean, look, I'm kind of a traditionalist. So when I was on the dating apps, I used to like guys to slide in first. (laughs) I'm not really the type of girl who would slide in first. I feel like some people are and like, that's cool. But, you know, I I like the guy to slide in first (laughs) and then I'll like, you know, facilitate the conversation from there. (laughs) When it comes to um, like curating, like, I guess a good, like, dating app profile is there like anything that you uh would encourage the gals to like really include in their profile or like not include in their profile oh yeah just don't be basic I was talking about this with my boyfriend the other day you should not be basic in your dating app profile you (laughs) see so many people out there who have like you know like the Helen Keller prompt yes in the dating app profile have you seen that I feel like every single guy out there is like the Helen Keller dating app prompt and it's just like so basic so write something that stands out about you like don't be afraid to show off your personality I think for a while I was just trying to like impress guys and just say that you know, whatever they were into like I was into and just you know white lies here and there but mm-hmm. ultimately you want someone who compliments you so why waste your time on someone you know won't be a good match so I would say just, you know, be yourself. Don't think too much yeah. about it. Have fun with the prompts. That's like the best part of the app, I think. Have fun with the prompts. I know a lot of people tend to click on a photo without looking at the prompts. But, you know, some guys who are real gems actually read. So just in case, you know, <laughs> you should have good prompts. Men can read. <laughs> you guys got this. <laughs> No, I think it's so funny. And I I wanted to talk about dating apps and like get like talk about this part first, because this is like a thing that Hannah will never relate to because she is married and she got like, she she locked her boyfriend before dating apps were like kind of a thing. So like she is like the rear gem and everything. Um, Whereas I'm the one that's, Mm. you know, in the dating app purgatory. And so... So she's like never like been able to like relate to any of this, but I think that's like one thing that balances our show out really well. But I yeah. I think she has heard so many like dating horror stories that I've had like from the dating apps, like some like just really awkward first dates. And I mm-hmm. we go on here in the podcast and we share it and we talk about it all. I would love to know, um, and you share a lot of like date, your dating stories like in your book. Can you tell us about mm-hmm. one of your favorite or like one of your like like funniest like dates? Yeah, so I write about a lot of them in my book. I don't want to give too much away. Yeah, so absolutely. Guys, 
want to read still, but the one I would say is the craziest. It was someone I met on a dating app and he kissed me and he had a fly on his tooth, like a live bug sitting on his tooth. So it was just like the most disgusting <laughs> thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, he asked me to pick it off for him. It, it just kept getting worse and worse. Um, asked if I had a napkin. Like it, it just kept like going. It was super awkward. What did so, you yeah, do? That's probably, like, what did I do? I picked it off. Oh my god! You're oh, you're so, a good like, person. I, took my nail. I literally took my acrylic nail and I like picked it off. <laughs> so <laughs> funny! You are a better person than me. <laughs> I, I'm the person that will like tell someone if they have something in their teeth, but I'm not sure I would flick the fly off. So, so you get bonus points for that one. That's amazing. You're good. You're a good human. I mean, it was dead. Oh, oh god. It was dead. It's not like it was like a moving bug, but it was like wedged in between his two front teeth, and it was dead. I How don't did even get there to begin I, with. I don't even know. <laughs> That's the question I ask in my book. Like, what if it was like living in his mouth, and then like I kissed him, and it like killed the bug. i i can't that's a that that is some that's a story i've never heard okay so next first date i go on i will be Be asking the smile very and checking her teeth we will be smiling so the funny thing is that guy with the fly on his tooth told me that the first place he saw me was in a teeth whitening ad on it. You've got to be joking. <laughs> like earlier on in the day. And it was just like ironic that like. Yeah, like oh, he was probably <laughs> so embarrassed. <laughs> no, that. Oh, that's perfect. I can't, I couldn't even write that. Like that is that is yes. that is great. That that's that iconic. is that is perfect. <laughs> you already know I went right home after that date and I wrote that chapter. Like, you write that down. Oh, you have write that to. Down. You have to. That it's is hysterical. Okay, I have a date that's coming weekend, so I will definitely be inspecting all like all of his teeth. You will be like, smiling a lot. Make sure he smiles. Like give him a little tickle if he's not smiling. Yeah. Double pet. <laughs> Just tickle him across the table. Just like give him yeah, a tickle. Yeah, and and now now I'm like suspicious of where we're going because like the bar is like really like dim lighting. So like I'm gonna have to bring your flashlight. Definitely <laughs> bring a ring light. You know, just yeah. to whip it out. About the ring. Oh, I know. That's funny. All right. So when we first started like this podcast, like I was saying, like we very honest, like with our dating stories as well. And like our first episode was how to get over a breakup. But I would love to know like, what advice do you have um, for especially younger girls, um, how to get over like a breakup, how to get through it when it seems like really impossible. Right. So there's a chapter in my book about this as well. It's called The First Love. And with that comes my first heartbreak. So what I write about is how you see heartbreak represented in the media as such a cliche at this point, something that can be cured by just a movie binge and like a Netflix binge and ice cream when, yeah, that's part of it and it helps, but it's so much more than that. And it takes so much emotional maturity and work. So what I say is owning your emotions first and foremost, not pushing them down, but really accepting how you feel, whether that's sad, angry, 
both, you know, a mix of <laughs> really owning how you feel first and foremost, feeling mm-hmm. that out. And then from there, taking that negative energy, that frustration, that upset and channeling it into something productive, whether that's journaling or exercise, or dancing, whatever you like to do. That would be my number one tip. And also realizing it takes uh, time and patience. Yeah. Yeah. I think one thing that I have always found that was even more harder to move on from like a, like a serious relationships breakup is like almost like a situation ship mm. ending right. dissolving because it's like, well, how can I be sad over somebody that technically like wasn't even really mine to mm-hmm. um, have? And do you find that it, sometimes it can be harder or is there anything different that you would advise like for something like that? I think situationships are very complicated because as much as we say we don't care, we do. And it's very difficult to not get attached to someone if you keep seeing them over and over again, even though you say there's no strings attached. Like if you're intimate with that person, then there's going to be strings attached naturally. So I think for Mm -hmm. over that type of person, just I think cutting it off as soon as possible, like not letting it drag on too much. I had a situation in my book where I had a situationship with my best friend's ex, actually. And it was just super complicated because it was like kind of like my go-to person when like I just needed a reassurance or like I was Mm -hmm. that I would just go go to that person. But I didn't really see him as like a potential boyfriend or anything. He was just like kind of like a body in a bed and he saw me Mm -hmm. the same way. Um, Yeah. But yeah, just cutting it off, I think, as soon as possible and like recognizing your own worth and recognizing that, you know, if you want a a genuine relationship with which like who doesn't, then why waste your time on someone who doesn't see you as more than just an object? Can I ask, uh, how did that conversation go with dating your best friend's ex? Because I have also... Yeah? I went on a date date with one of Hannah's (laughs) exes when I was like 19. Oh. God. Did not know they dated. Did not know they dated because well, they dated it, before. Like it wasn't an important relationship that needed to be. Okay. <laughs> so like I got her blessing for that. But like how did that go for you? Okay. So full story in the book. But overall, it's just it was really bad. I mean, my friend gave me her blessing from the beginning. She's kind of like a, a tough girl. Like she she's kind of just like do whatever you want. Like mm-hmm. live with the repercussions. So I was just like, okay. Like, why not? And then I, I did it, like, several times. Um, I, I took him to her birthday party. It was, it was very selfish on my part. But it was all because she told me it was okay. And I kind of just mm-hmm. realized that no matter how much she tells you it's okay, like, you should you should know your best friend. And any friend of – any yeah, any ex of a friend should be off limits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've definitely – I've definitely always said because I've had other friends come up to me and like tell me they were interested in an ex. I'm like, I mean, you can you can go right ahead. Um, I told you everything bad that happened, so like you're kind of setting yourself up for disaster. Right. That's what I. As, well, that's what I said to my friend too. I was like, I'm kind of just looking for fun. Like, am I allowed to go for it? And she's like, Yeah, sure. Why not? And that's kind of like all it ever was. And I, what mm. I realized, the most important thing I realized in this whole thing was that if this ever were to come of something, I would only be referring to this guy as my best friend's ex. He was never, like, his name. It was always, oh, I went out with that guy the other night, you know, my, my best friend's ex. So there would always be that attachment. 
That's a really good point. I didn't even think about that. Like, is that like what you want like your partner? Yeah. To kind of always be known as. That's a real cuz like that reputation does precede him as a person. So, yeah. in a way. So that's that's really interesting. I never thought about that. So, I mean, we we I think one of our first episodes we ever did was uh all about different like girl codes and that was yeah. one and I, that's when I talked about my story of dating Hannah's quote-unquote ex, which was like the briefest relationship I think I've ever been. It was like a week <laughs> because then she told me, Oh, by the way, I dated this guy. And I was like, Oh, why didn't you tell me ahead of time? So I could have saved myself. From this? No, I like, that's to let you live your life. <laughs> I feel like I sinned. I was like fully aware the whole time, but it's okay. Mm. It's okay. We live and we learn. We live and we learn. Yes, exactly. It's what makes us better persons. It's what makes us, you know, have books now. So it's it's all great. We have podcasts. We have books. We're moving on. We're thriving. Cool. <laughs> um, have you ever been able to, I feel like we just, we talked about like, you know, the big like first love and that breakup and everything. Have you ever found that you were able to like start loving yourself before you love someone else bec- after that breakup? Because I know whenever I went through like that big breakup, I I felt personally like a little lost mm-hmm. and like I didn't know like who I was anymore because I had centered my, so much of my life around that person that right. I had to kind of like find myself again and learn to love myself again. How can someone, especially like in their early 20s, like how do they start doing that? Like how can you start to find yourself again? I think it takes those low moments and dealing with those low moments with yourself in order to love someone else. So really important, mm-hmm. important part of my book is talking about my anxiety journey and how at my lowest, that's when I really started to love myself. So when I broke up with my ex, I was 16 when I had my first love. Similarly, I did not know who I was without him. I was very lost. It took me a long time to get over it. But when I was 18, I was going through anxiety and OCD for the first time. And it just really taught me that once I'm able to stand in my truth and own this part of myself and look at the mirror and go, okay, I'm a 20-year-old girl with an anxiety disorder and it's okay. This is how I'm going to live my life. And I just know how to deal with it. I think once you're able to own your truth and stand in your truth, that's when you're able to really extend that self-love and love other people. Yeah. Hannah, you relate to that really well because you and Blaine, which is now your husband, broke up at six, like 16. <laughs> no way. Yep. He was my first boyfriend and I was wow. distraught, like distraught. My whole, whole entire life was over. Uh, mm. I wrote a bunch of songs about it. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So that's fun. Did a whole album about it. <laughs> yeah. Circling back to a lot of the, a lot of those stories in my album I'm releasing next year, but yeah. So, so that's fun. But yeah, same kind of similar, similar time. I like, bro- like we broke up and then when I went off to college, I started dating somebody else very seriously. And, and it was just, it was just definitely like a learning curve of like trying to figure out who I was and trying to grow in my like early twenties and realizing that that person like wasn't the person that was going to grow with me. And mm-hmm. then like re- really weirdly like reconnecting with, with my husband now and right. just kind of going from there. So a lot of time in between a lot of growth that happened on both of our parts. Like we, we had tried to like reconnect in different parts of our lives, but we just were never like, we just weren't ready. Like we just, we were in totally different areas. And so it was really interesting to see that like it actually meshed and Mm -hmm. we were actually the people we were, we needed to be, to be with each other and for it to be like a successful 
relationship. So a lot of growth. Wow. <laughs> Still so- have a lot of anxiety. <laughs> But, you know, here we are. Look, the important thing is that when you are in those moments where you might not feel great and you have that anxiety that you're able to communicate it with your partner. Mm-hmm. I think back to these previous flings that I write about in my book, and I don't think I would have ever been able to communicate something like that to a partner or have them understand what it's like. And that's just a maturity yeah. thing that comes with time. You have to go through things on your own and recognize your mm-hmm. own self-worth. And I, I love dating older because they understand it a little bit more than like a 16 year old boy. So yeah, my boyfriend's 25 and he's extremely emotionally mature. So that's, that's the type of thing you want to look for in a man. You want to look for someone who's emotionally mature and who's able to communicate with you when you might not necessarily feel your best. Yeah. Cause I think that it can be, it, for me at least, like it was scary and like, you know, daunting to kind of like open up to somebody and tell them that because at the same time it's like I know that there's nothing wrong with me but I don't want you thinking that there's anything wrong with me because I don't know how you're going to react to this and especially in those like really early relationships it it you're still getting to know each other but you want to you know be completely honest with this person and be like I swear to god I'm not crazy I just have really bad anxiety right (laughs) and my early 20s I could not bring myself to like communicate that and would just stifle all of that down, not communicate it and not express my needs. And now that I am like 30, I'm like in relationships and I'm just like, you know what? This is, this is the team. This is, this is what has happened. Um, This is everything you take it or you leave. Cause if you don't like it and you don't handle it well, then clearly you're not my person. Right. Like that is, we're not the same like emotional maturity level that I need you to be. And like, that is, I think it's just better to kind of not get it out of the way, but just know who you're dealing with before like it's three months down the line and you're already so invested in this person um, because and, then yeah. they're going to get your authentic self. Sometimes it takes an experience like that to really reveal who someone is. Like when you show who you really are, you show that like, not so pretty side of yourself and mm-hmm. react. That's when you really know if that person is like, worth holding on to or not. Mm-hmm. Yep. I wish I had known that when I was 23. <laughs> <Jeez>. um, <laughs> so I, I ha- we came up with a little game that oh, I would love okay. to kind of play with you. Um, so your, your book is called My Real Life Rom-Com. And oh. we want to know if you have ever been involved like in any of these like rom-com tropes. And yep. if you haven't, what advice you would give to somebody who was stuck in that particular trope? Okay, let's do it. Okay, so enemies to lovers. Enemies to lovers. Have I been enemies to lovers? Probably not. I've always wanted to be in one because I think it's like Loki kind of like hot I and like. <laughs> <laughs> so, would you have any advice for somebody if they were like, if there's somebody that like they hate, but they kind of like are low key attracted to? Like, is there any advice you would give to somebody to kind of like go to the next step? and get that lover situation going assess why you hate them do you hate them because they're playing hard to get or do you hate them because they're a bad person mm-hmm. so it really depends on the situation if someone's mm-hmm. playing hard to get you're like gosh i hate you but i really want you in my bed right now like that's different <laughs> okay best friends to lovers okay so like i feel like that's possible it's cute i don't think i've ever had that uh, Yeah, I don't think I've really had that situation. I see that a lot in, like, rom-coms. But I think it's Mm -hmm. possible. I think just 
recognizing is it worth giving up your friendship for something more physical because once you cross that barrier there's really no turning back you'll Mm -hmm. be like friends or friends with benefits whether past or present second Mm -hmm. chance love so like a reuniting with an ex uh similarly (laughs) why do why did you break up in the first place was it because he went away distance is it because he needed to work on himself or is it because you cheated or because something really messy happened so assess the risks or all of the above or all of the above (laughs) and in that case it just sounds really messy and you should probably find someone else (laughs) (laughs) okay well one that we did talk about so forbidden love off limits um, so like a, like a best friend's ex kind of situation. So that one we do have, mm. um, forced proximity. So like a coworker or, um, like a roommate kind of situation. Hmm. Forced proximity. Like if you're living with some, like, an, I'm thinking like, yeah, like, dorm. like if you're, yeah. Like if you, like, if they're like, like. I like, go to like New Girl because I think of like Jess and Nick on New Girl. Yeah, <laughs> like, like that some, forced like proximity. Someone, like someone you're kind of like forced to have to be close to, and then you just kind of or like your coworker kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I I have an interesting example for this because I'm an influencer, so I write about a lot of social media tours on mm-hmm. in my book. So that was kind of forced proximity, like taking a tour bus with like 20 TikTok guys, basically, and just being in like oh. and like mm-hmm. kind of saying like you know, I could go to sleep right now or I could just like take the situation for what it is. So I'd say like forced proximity isn't necessarily a bad thing, but also like assess, is this something that's like sustainable? Is this something that's going to last a long time? Or is it just like, I don't know, what if you're going on like a weekend trip with a bunch of friends mm-hmm. and like people are bringing mm-hmm. in friends? So sometimes it's better to treat that as more of a fling. Okay. Opposites attract. So someone that is completely different from you, because in my experience, they've all ended terribly. Okay. I feel as long as your morals and your values align, it's okay. Uh Uh Because I I tried dating the shy guy who like was a nerd and that caused me more trauma, I think, than any other guy I did. It takes some experience. Thing. But I think as long as your core values align, it'll be okay. Like I, for example, yeah. so for a while I thought that you know, because I'm an influencer, I had to be dating another influencer because that's just the way it works in social media world. But that's okay. like not true at all. And I found that in fact, the opposite is so much better because so many social media guys are like full of themselves. Yes. <laughs> I have I have recently also had this kind of like this discovery because I'm a filmmaker. Yeah. And so I was always just dating oh. other film guys. And yeah. now this year, I don't know if it, I don't know if it's Taylor Swift or what, but I'm like, maybe I should try an athlete. Like maybe we should go down <laughs> oh like I kind of just literally want a guy who's like, you know, a himbo that's just like obsessed with me kind of vibe. Like I want a Ken. Oh I think that's what I really want. I don't need another film bro <laughs> who's gonna want a Ken. <laughs> You know what? You can put on your profile does not like movies and you'll like get rid of all the film bros. And then in person, you'll be like, actually, I love movies. Like that was <laughs> kind of the strategy. Maybe that is the key. Maybe I'm, I'm going <laughs> to at this point, at this point, I'll try anything. We'll do it. <laughs> um, love trying love triangles. Have you ever like been in a love triangle or I feel like they're always hmm. like in rom-com movies, but I cause in yeah. high school, 
I was in one where I liked this one guy and yeah. his best friend was in love with me. And so <gasps> like, it was, and I low-key right. think that he, that the guy that I liked, I think that he was low-key in love with his best friend, but that's tea for another day that, um, and also, Hannah knows exactly I who I'm talking about. Also agree with that because that same person was also into me. So <laughs> it's just a, that was a that was a love square. Oh love square. <laughs> it was a love square. Well, that's kind of rare. It's a love triangle. Love triangle I ha- I, or square. Somehow I always get into love squares. I had it. I had one in college too, with my college best friend, whom we don't speak to anymore. I don't speak to anymore. And then her now husband who was the guy I was interested in and she was interested in the other guy and it all just got all mixed around and it was oh really bad and now we don't all talk nobody talks <laughs> that's how that ended <laughs> I feel like a couple is a couple yes. like if you're gonna be in a relationship we're gonna be in a relationship I don't really understand like the thruple oh, thing no. like people who yeah, just, just I'm like, I'm like, wait, you. hold on. I did, I'm not into you. Why are you into me? I'm into this guy. And now y'all are married? Yeah, okay, just it sounds like, fine. Whatever. Yeah, just like pick who you want. Just I mean, one maybe person. Like, 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 come on. Don't make this weird. Just like figure out Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. It's not that deep. Pick who you want. Yes. Last one. Last one. Um. Okay. Which one you have also had experience in. Um, Dating someone with like a major like age gap. Oh, I mean, I like dating older. I think that's nice. Mm-hmm. I think for a minute I dated like exactly my age or one year younger and guys mature slower than girls. So it was always as if I was dating much younger. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a nice dating with an age gap. I feel like nothing like too crazy, like someone who's 20 and someone who's 30, that might be a little too much of an age gap in my opinion yeah, as a 30 year as a 30 year old as a 30 year old i would never want to date a 20 year old boy right <laughs> look there's a, a chapter in my book where i was newly 18 mm-hmm. and i met 27 or 28 at a club and he was like super into me like wanted to date me and at the time i thought it was like fun like an older guy was into me mm-hmm. but also like if you kind of just zoom out like why is a 28 year old wanting to date someone who's literally a minor like a month before that's like questionable Mm -hmm. no I I completely agree with you on that I uh because trust me I have I haven't really dated guys that are much older than me um maybe Mm -hmm. like by like two years max but the last guy I did date um the actor which is what I refer to him on this podcast um is (laughs) five years younger than me so i'm 30 oh. i'm 30 he's 25 um okay and but he was a mature 25 i want to okay. preface that <laughs> but when we met i was hannah how old was i was i 27 and was he was like at the beginning tw- of the pandemic so what 20, he was 22 mm-hmm. yeah okay something like Fresh that out of we were we were i was in grad school and he was an undergrad so that was okay. how um your past. That was how we Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there are situations where it could work. I just think the general. It didn't work like for guys. me. <laughs> oh, there. Yeah. No. I always dated like at least a year older or my yeah. age. I never dated under my age. I just could not be bothered. And also, I think it was also because my sister is two years younger than me. So anybody mm-hmm. younger would have been in her squad, and that just was weird. Yeah. Um, I did. Nor was dating. I interested in that. So I did. 
he was like one of the first him and the doctor were the only two guys that I dated that were younger than me the doctor was three years younger than me mm-hmm. but yeah. uh he was in med school when I was in grad school but that, that was the thing that was like we were I was still I was in grad school so You're everybody that the, I like, was yeah college a college world. mindset and especially with how my because I went to an art school so like we that grad students mingled a lot with the undergrad students so like um you know it, it was it was not like it was such a separated world where and cause for a while I was like oh I still am like I feel like I'm in the mindset of like a 25 year old like when we met like I, I don't feel like I am significantly older than him and then also me not looking like a 30 year old at the same time right. definitely like gave the illusion I think to some people that I was always younger and then they would meet me and be like oh I did not realize you were like that old right. um so then when you're on the apps what do you put your range as I put it as so I think I still have it as uh 28 to like 35 right now oh yeah that's good yeah I trust me oh moving to LA no, I was not about to date like a 25 year old in LA. There was no possible way that he was going to be mature yeah. enough. <laughs> Wait, okay. So, no, I have a friend who just moved to LA, and literally every single dating app she's on, she finds a celebrity. Yeah, it's the crazy thing. Yeah, I, I have, and I That's so also, wild. My me having my job as what it is on the dating profiles, I think I've matched with a lot more. Um, I definitely matched with a lot of musicians. Um, oh, on okay. Hinge, but I'm not on Raya. I'm not on Bumble or Tinder anymore. I'm only on Hinge. Um, yeah, I just don't want to pay for Raya. To be completely honest, <laughs> okay. it's like very exclusive. And for what? Like I, I have beef with Raya because I never got on Raya mm. ever. It's like they would never let me in. It's it's there's no point to it because like honestly, no one is there. I feel like a lot of people aren't there to genuinely like meet other people they're just there yeah. to see to see john mayer yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. so yeah hinge is the only one that i still have and that's the only one i, I will yeah. actively use and i still find some there's some gems that are on there but then there's some that are like why like i've seen you on here like for five years please <laughs> um yeah. but yeah so that is def- LA dating and I feel like probably New York dating as well is just completely different like right. fields than the rest of America um yep. because it's just like everybody's regressed back to being like teenagers again sometimes like right. and I'm just like I'm literally just would like to find a man who would like to have a conversation with me <laughs> I imagine LA would be worse than new york because you get so many industry people out there who are just in it for themselves yeah oh yeah one thousand percent so i'm just like cool i'm just gonna be single for the rest of my life got it uh- <laughs> there's no well i love your vote of confidence thank you so much i appreciate it <laughs> um before um so after we do our interviews we always like to ask um our guests like, for a survival tip so what is okay. something that you would say is a survival tip to surviving dating in the post-pandemic era hmm. don't lose yourself make sure you're still keeping things in your life that you love and that you're passionate about that exist independently of your dating life mm-hmm. I like that. and then it makes you that. more of an interesting person too when you go and meet like yeah. these people yeah yeah you don't want to be a, a codependent girly mm-hmm Oh, yeah. We've done many episodes on that. So definitely. Many an episode on a codependence. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, so Carrie, this has been amazing talking to you. We've really like enjoyed this and appreciated it. I want to give you the mic for a second and just let the gals know where they can find you, where they can get your book. The floor is all yours. So you can get my book, my real life rom-com. It's available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Walmart, Target, basically wherever you can get a book. And I'm on social media because I'm knocking over Celsius. Uh, I'm on social media everywhere at Carrie Burke. Perfect. And we will leave it in the show notes for um, the gals to be able to easily purchase and um, find you. But this has been such a delight. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We really enjoyed this. Thank you. And so that does it for today's episode of The Gals Guide. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at The Gals Guide Pod. Also like us on Facebook at The Gals Guide and become a Gal Scout in our Facebook community. You can also hit us up on our website, thegalsguidepod.com, and our personal social media, which we will have linked in our show notes. Also, if you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review. And then if you're listening to us on Spotify, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast. So thanks for listening, gals, and we hope you come back for our next journey. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.